Hey, yo, welcome to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture Podcast. To your hosts, Zach and Chase. Zachy. What's up, big guy? How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm excited to be here with you on the first episode of the new year, man. How you living? Not great right now, honestly. <laughs> it's been some depressing times. Uh, my Sunday started off great, and by 1 o'clock, 1.30, <laughs> it was absolutely dog shit. But... The sun came out the next day. We moved on. We all took a deep breath. It sucks, though, that football is coming to an end slowly. It's it's super depressing. We got super spoiled with all those overtime games though this week. I'm not even going to lie. Honestly, I had a great day. <laughs> well, that makes one of you. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry man. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by whiskey. No kidding. <laughs> I, I got crony white on deck. Listen, it was a tough day, but at the same time too, there was some pretty cool moments, some fun moments. And as a football fan, taking my bias aside, it was a pretty good way of ending the regular season. I don't know about you, but no other sport does it better than the NFL when it comes to exciting games. That's for sure, especially when it comes to week the first week 18 of NFL history, and you double it down with about five, four to five overtime games, mm-hmm. all of them with rather big implications. It, dude, I couldn't have been more ecstatic and more, more happy to watch the NFL go out like that on week 18. Uh, you know, my condolences for the players that have been sent home and for calling it yeah. a wrap. And here we go. It's exciting times to get into the playoffs, man. But first, before we do that, let's talk a little bit about last week. Just before we get into that, I got one little catch or fade question for you. Catch or fade the 17-game season? Mm. Catch or fade? It's a catch, man. I can't be mad, especially if we get this many more. like, Like, look at how many playoff games we got. Or not playoff games, but games into the playoffs that just shifted everything dramatically by adding that one extra week now i was somebody that was against this on behalf of the athletes because you know this doesn't reflect into the paychecks i think it just thins it out a little bit more but overall it's a catch man as a fan it's been a great great weekend how about you ben i think it's gonna be a hard fade on my end no oh it's been a catch <laughs> no it's okay, been a catch. that hurts um, <laughs> No, it's definitely a catch for me on my end. I, like you said, one extra game. That's an extra layer of excitement, anticipation. The potential matchups are always great. It's always nice to, to see some of the top teams be battling it out, especially for something on the last day, and it, it, it felt like it. I mean, how many times has it, have you had or have you seen where we go into week you know, 16, 17, and there's probably maybe – two or three teams that are battling for a playoff spot, but then everything else is pretty much locked up. So it was nice that even, even the teams that had already clinched, they were already jostling for a seating position. So it was great. Dude, even the AFC East was still up for grabs up till Sunday, man. Like that was something else to see. The whole division was decided again. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the slate of games. We're not going to cover everything just because unfortunately as exciting as it was last week, there were some, I guess, I wouldn't say stinkers, but more games that just didn't matter. Okay, so let's start with the NFC here, Saints and Falcons. Now, going into this game, the Saints needed to win. 
and they showed up for sure. Thirty to twenty victory against the Falcons. What was your takeaway from this game? That the Saints, if the Saints had well, the Saints winning as we probably all expected them to win this game. No offense, Atlanta, mm-hmm. but going into the playoffs, they would have needed a lot of things to go right just from a health standpoint, because now again, Taysom Hill is injured with two injuries. So my big takeaway is just be thankful. It's over Saints fans. As a Saint fan, like it's obvious. Now you guys need a quarterback. This quarterback carousel that happened this year. I, I, albeit, I think if Winston was healthy, he would have been the number one. This isn't working though. Not even in the slightest. And in that they division, lost, yeah, I was going to say they, they lost games because they didn't have a healthy quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And not for nothing. And I'll speak as a fantasy football, Alvin Kamara stockholder. Taysom Hill is not good or constructive to Alvin Kamara. So, because we don't know what type of Michael Thomas we're going to get back next year, especially you probably want to get somebody who can use his weapons holy and not try to steal the snaps on the run. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the Saints this offseason. I'm curious to see what Sean Payton's going to do. And even if Sean Payton's going to be there, but that's another discussion for later on in this episode. So we'll table that for now. Um, I'll also give you, when we get to that game, my thoughts of who could possibly have helped their stocks in emerging to be the Saints quarterback in the future. Do you want to pivot off and go right to the NFC? Well, sticking in the NFC, the team Same, that actually yeah. is going to the playoffs because unfortunately for the Saints, they needed some help to make it. And that was for the Niners to lose. But Jimmy G, Jimmy G. Jimmy G, Jimmy G, and Debo Samuel did it all. Well, and we're not talking about the biggest one of them all. <laughs> That's for sure. Matthew Stafford is a problem right now. This is a big thing because you and I have always been like Matthew Stafford's uh, ceiling is quite high. Absolutely. Um, The problem is we see his floor almost at the same exclusivity that we see his ceiling. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why Stafford makes some of the decisions he makes, especially with that talent. But he had to know throwing that ball in double coverage like that, that that would not have been good, especially with, you know, losing the lead after leading 17 nothing to be pushed to overtime 24-24. I just think he's banged up. I don't know what it is, but he's making poor decisions with the ball right now. He's, like you said, he's, he's putting it into windows that are way too tight. And, and I don't know if it's the shoulder or the the hand, but it just seems like he's lost a little bit of that accuracy so far. I mean, he was drinking the Kool-Aid a little, looked like with, and I would too, after connecting with Tyler Higby, the way that he connected with Tyler Higby in those first two touchdowns in the first half, I would be high on myself and be like, you know what? We can be reckless and lawless a little bit here, but at the end of it, nothing good pen from that for for the Rams. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about in previous episodes where Stafford this season, I, I know he had a pretty, he had a really good season. Let's mm-hmm. let's not kid ourselves here, but can we talk about how much Cooper cup may have bailed him out? 
Uh, I mean, not for nothing. He threw for 41 touchdowns this year, 488, uh, 404, Jesus, 4,886 4, <laughs> yards is what I want to say. Sorry about that. Right. Um, We're there now. Yeah. So 40, 41 touchdowns, 4,886 yards, but he was also second in the league in interceptions. Right. Which, you know, if you look at his counterpart that he faced for so many years in Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who did totally viable opposite, or even somebody that we'll talk about later in Carson Wentz, totally yep. viably opposite in this po- in the stat statistics of touchdowns to interception rates. It's mind blowing that in his last three weeks, he threw three picks against Minnesota, two against Baltimore, and then two against San Fran. Yeah. So. I guess the question now goes because we were coming to that point where, you know, Super Bowl's around the corner. You have to start thinking, is Matthew Stafford more of a liability than a solution to his team, catch or fade? Right now? Yes. I, honestly, I you know what? If you had asked me last week, I would have probably said fade. But this week, after this performance, I'm probably going to say he's a catch. Like, he's... I don't trust the Rams because he's not playing well right now. He threw 10 interceptions, 10 before the last three weeks of the season. Yep. He finished, he finished with 17. <laughs> oh boy. Listen, I, I don't know. It, it is going to come down to Stafford, which is as it should, especially because you know, that defense is really, really stout. That offense is supposed to be, Third world the run game with, hasn't been with, great though either. No, I know, and that's the other part too because they've dealt with problems on that offensive line. But and now they have to reiterate a game plan to get uh, Cam Akers involved. It's it's a really weird place for the Rams to be, and I don't even feel comfortable putting them into that Super Bowl position anymore as I was, as I was once before, like maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. They've lost a lot of really weird games. It's and not for nothing. And if I'm just making the observation of things going forward, they're going to get a Cardinals team that, you know, yes, they won 2-0 and but in the season, but that third matchup with the team is always really, really difficult to, to finish the sweep. Just, just ask the Absolutely. Saints last year when they played the Bucs. They swept them twice, and then they lost to them in the playoffs. No, for sure. On the flip side, though, I, like you said, Debo got to be Debo in, hey? Brandon Ayuk had 107 yards. Nobody talks about that. I mean, it's nice to see him at the doghouse a little there. So that's there's always that. He's been pretty hot the last like couple of weeks, though. He's he seems to have been kind of getting the message, and I don't know. Maybe they were playing coy a little bit. Um, John Jennings too. They they yeah. found a gem in that guy. Wow, two touchdowns. How many receiving yards did that guy have? Yeah, 94. Okay, so yeah, still had himself a fairly decent day man like the players that needed to play for the Niners came out to came out swinging yes they were a little stagnant at the beginning but what a showing to show like to one solidify themselves into that playoff spot to take the Rams to overtime and then to seal the win too did you like uh, Sean McVay celebrating with the boys I mean I get it (laughs) but (laughs) he doesn't have too many wins against Kyle Shanahan. So I mean, Kyle. Kyle's little. Kind of, Kyle's kind of little brothering him, man. Like, okay, yep. yeah, that's cute. <laughs> There's a reason nice. you were in that end zone like that, and I wasn't. 
it was nice to see the 49ers get the win. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but as a fan, I do prefer seeing the Niners in the playoffs over the Saints. And that's just because I think the Niners could actually make some noise where I thought the Saints were just going to be a dud, right? Like if they Love make the playoffs up too. Right. But if they were to made the playoffs, they would have probably finished. They would have probably had gotten the bucks if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes. Because we would have moved up because the Eagles would have moved up to six, pardon me. And then they would have the seventh seed. Yeah. Well, I like the playoff matchups the way they are versus five, 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 of, five of these six games are rematches too from this season. So. Which is interesting because where those matchups happen during the season, like some teams might've been going through some injuries mm-hmm. or have had some other issues. Now it's a, I don't know, playoffs. It's a complete different animal. I always said that offense gets you to the playoffs. Defense wins you, wins you the Super Bowl. And I will say this. I find that this year in the NFC, there's no real defense that I'm like, that's a Super Bowl winning team. So I'm curious. Personally, I think any of them could kind of emerge. Obviously, you you we're going to lean towards certain teams, right? Like Green Bay, for example. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't find any defense really is blowing teams away. No, nothing really that stellar. Just a couple of ones that, you know, seem to be well-rounded. You, uh, the Bucks, yeah. the Bucks against the run is going to be something to watch as we get into that game later. Even just, I mean, are the Cowboys' defense really that good? I know, That's I know that thing. they have bright spots. I understand right. that they have bright exactly. spots, but are they really that good? Because keep in mind too, as we probably will digress into this, the Cowboys haven't beaten a ten-win team this season. Yeah, and can you stop Debo Samuel? Like, who knows, right? <laughs> oh, playoff, we'll see De- playoff Debo might be something different, man. We may not be ready to see that. We thought Cooper Cup was special this season. It's, it's going to be a fun one. That's for sure, man. All right, let's switch to the AFC. Let's yeah. start with the pain. Okay. Um, would you like me to lead a little bit here? and then? Yeah, you, you don't have to lead this off. Okay. Would you like me to pour gas on the fire to this act a little bit too? Or? Do it. All right, Do it. you got Just- it. Therapeutic. So, That's what we're so uh, to a game that affects both I and Zach. Man, that was a terrible showing by Carson Wentz. I've heard, and this is what I wanted to ask you about earlier, and we'll get into this a little bit more. Uh, a direct comparison of Carson Wentz to Jameis Winston, as he will blow your mind with some wonderful eye-wowing throw and then just as quickly throw the game away it what no one person really wins or loses the game but Carson Wentz did not win that game and if you want to put anything onto somebody's shoulders it can be on Carson Wentz for this one Zach I don't know where to take us from here man I, I, I might need you now to give us the raw of what you feel watching your team get smoked 26-11 they looked unprepared I don't know if and it's funny because going into this game, I was messaging you probably on the side there a little bit. You kept telling me, ah, oh, everything's, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel good about it. And I was right. <laughs> I that hate was, being right, but I, I, I should have listened right. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to Vegas. I should have listened to you. Don't, 
<laughs> don't listen to Vegas, especially with the cardiac Colts. When you look at this roster, I think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Honestly, got to give them their flowers. But the one thing that they seem to have gotten wrong this year, actually, I'll say two things that they seem to have gotten wrong this year. And unfortunately, ended up being the, the Achilles heel of this season. The left tackle position was atrocious mm-hmm. through the whole year. The Davenport experiment didn't go according to plan. They had other backups come in and out and try that position. It didn't work. Finally, Eric Fisher came in, and Eric Fisher was a shell of, of his former self. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't the same Eric Fisher we experienced back in KC. Multiple times, uh, guys were getting by him clean. And that's a problem for any quarterback. However, the second point is the trust between Frank Reich and his coaches have led to some decision-making that I think has been influenced from Chris Ball- like onto Chris Ballard. Mm-hmm. And I think we're paying for it now. There are reports that Tom Brady was interested in going to Indy. And they passed because of Frank's pass with Rivers. Now we go into next offseason. Phil, thanks for your service. You're out. By the way, Philip Rivers was a 10 and 6 quarterback. Just mm-hmm. just want to point that out there. You go and you get Carson Wentz. And there are multiple quarterbacks on the market. However, you know, I I don't want to put too much blame on who we could have had versus because at the end of the day, who are your options? Sam Darnold, he yeah. barely played down the stretch. So to me, Carson or, or Sam, I'll take Carson. He's still better than probably, I don't know, let's say 10 quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, you can make an argument. You make an argument, right? At least stat-wise, what you see as your final stat line for the season, right? It, sound, it, it looks visible on paper that he is technically a top 20 quarterback in the league. Um. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, go for it. No, no, go for it. Well, I was going to say the thing with Carson is the, the numbers are always going to be nice with the exception of like the Astros being say. last year. It's it's the decision-making game time where you start to be like, um, and where, and I understand his history and the reason why he has to do this, uh, the hero ball thing, but like you got to get over the hero ball. You can't be like, oh shit, I'm just going to take the sack and try to hold ride, ride with this till I die, like pretty much. But, That's but basically this is- the yeah, but this is what we're like. This is the part where I, I I've been very critical. Is this whole like, well, you know, this is how he goes back, and he just likes to play that hero ball. But he was strictly told that when he was coming to Indy, he didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's play calling, situational, but it seems like towards the end of the season, they became more pass happy or trying to get the passing offense going, and it wasn't working. And like you said, the decision-making was just off for Carson Wentz. Now, back to my original thought when they first got him, like there was really, when you, besides Matthew Stafford, there was really nobody who they could have really grabbed at QB. Um, and you're not getting Stafford. Stafford was a done deal, handshake agreement, 
I mean, he was having dinner with Sean McVay before the deal was even announced. It really, it was, either, it was either Stafford went or Goff. <laughs> well, that's it, right? And, <laughs> I, you know, not for nothing, but I, I think Goff's a good quarterback too. I just don't think he's a uh, – I think he would have probably been around the same as what Carson would have been this year. For me, what it boils down to, though, is maybe there's too much trust in this organization between coach and, head, and GM. From all accounts, changes are coming. By the way, this is straight from Jim Mercer's mouth. He wasn't happy. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, apparently that night, he pulled both of them aside. He said, listen, I'm not letting both, both of you go, rightfully so. You guys have done a great job. But this was a playoff team that was expected to make noise. Two weeks ago, nobody wanted to play us. And in two weeks, nobody is playing us because came out and we're slapped New England and Arizona in the face. And then, <laughs> well, that's it. Like, like I said, two weeks ago, we were a playoff team. And now two weeks later, nobody wants to play us because we're not even there. We're just, yeah. we're non-existent. You know, there's a couple other factors too. Nobody wants to talk about this, but injuries played a big part in the season early on for the Colts. And it came back to bite them in the ass. It's been the same thing each year. We've talked about it. The number of injuries that they have coming out of training camp is astonishing. And each year, it's not just little players. It's key role players that get hurt in training camp. And I don't understand. I don't know how they're training. I don't know if it's too intense. They got to look at that. For me personally, this is just an evaluation from top to bottom on this roster. It needs to be done this offseason. And too. absolutely, everybody in the whole organization needs to be evaluated. Maybe the decision-making uh, on offense in terms of hiring a, I don't know, someone else to maybe make the play calling. Frank's making the play calls right now, and I've been questioning some of his decision-making throughout the year. And, you know, sometimes it was good, and sometimes he, I find he's a little too over-aggressive, and it's come back to, you know, bite them in the ass. One last thing, too, that I'd like to definitely touch upon is they had the most members of their team unvaccinated. Yes, actually, yes. I know now it doesn't kind of matter, but weeks ago, when all those out like all those outbreaks and everything were going on, guys could have probably have played in that five week window, but because they were un- unvaccinated um, and without the rule changes being applied, they had to wait longer. That, that hurts them. Not just that, like you said, at the beginning of the season, we as we touched upon too, Carson Wentz missed a lot of time because of COVID, so he missed practice reps there, and you know that transitioned into a rough start to the season for you guys offensively at the very beginning as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hard knocks may have played a big factor into this too. Oh, 100%. Guys are loving it when the cameras are on them and they're winning. But when you start losing the game and when it starts getting closer and closer to that pressure moment and those cameras are in your face – a little different. I don't want to sit here though and make excuses. At the end of the day, though, this team just wasn't good enough to get it done. You played the worst team in the league. Their fans had clown masks on, and you just didn't get it done. Jonathan Taylor didn't get the ball enough. Fifteen rushes for seventy-seven yards. That's not enough. I don't know where else to go with this. I mean, personally, I'm curious. I think this is going to be a very interesting offseason. I listened to the press conference yesterday. Frank Wright didn't sound too backing of Carson Wentz as his number one quarterback next year. Boy. 
when Philip Rivers finished the season, it was pretty obvious that Frank kind of went to bat for him and was just like, look, if he wants to come back, he's look, we're willing to bring him back. We have a position for him. And he seemed like he was very welcoming. Different tone with Carson this year. I think personally, going into next season, Frank might be on the hot seat a little bit. And if it's him or his boy, I think he might have to, you know, cut ties with his boy. In terms of contract you're looking at for Carson, he's got a $15 million dead cap weight, but after next season, it's a fat zero. Yeah, I know. That was part of the discussion at the very beginning when we were talking about, when the Eagles were talking about offloading him, was what about the dead cap hit? And Philly just decided to swallow the hit and say, you know what, Indy will take it on from next year onwards. Um, so with that being said, the Colts are in a very interesting position going in. I mean, your first round pick is given up, unfortunately. So I'm going to assume I'm, I'm that actually, most. Yeah, sorry. I just want to interject on this. I'm actually not that upset over the first round pick just because I know how the draft is this year. And it is not a strong draft class in terms of uh, talent where we would need to um, improve. I don't think those those skilled players would be available where we where we would be picking. Right. And I've also have an inkling that I don't think you guys will be making a selection at our pick either. I have a different theory. And I kind of agree with what so yeah, no, I happen to agree with uh, Connor Rogers with our pick up this at 16. I don't think we're gonna be training back, but I do think we end up with, you know after watching yesterday's game, one of those Georgia defensive players, hopefully N'Kobe Dean, because that would be a huge boost to our linebacking core. I'm not saying there's no talent there. There definitely is some talent, but I just don't think. Based on your skill of need. And not only that, just the way we've drafted recently, I think we're fine without going this, this year without a first round pick. We could figure it out. It's it's, it's not too bad. Man. No. Uh, any other questions you have on the Colts before we move on? Yeah, one last one. What free agent would you want to target right off head that you can think of that would give this team a boost? There's four areas of need that I can see, and I don't know how to prioritize it just yet, but you're looking at a left tackle is yep. a, definite, a definite must. I'll put wide receiver at two. Because I think that T.Y. is leaving. Yeah. I don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to be playing football next year, and neither is Jack Doyle. Okay. So tight end as well, which also right. opens well, up. Well, no, I'm team. not going to go. I'm actually not even going to touch tight end. Because I was going to go left tackle, wide receiver, defensive end. Okay. But to me, you need you have good young defensive ends. Right. You just need a complimentary guy, a guy right. who can kind of rotate and know. And then the last one's quarterback. The reason why I put quarterback last is because it's all fun and games to say, let's get rid of Carson Wentz, but who can you replace him with, theoretically? Right. And the sad part of it is this is not a very strong quarterback class, as we once discussed, too. No, but guess what draft is? 2023. Oh, right ahead. Right when that cap um, hit becomes very, very easy to move. Exactly. Uh, in terms of who I would take, I, I'd have to go after a left tackle. I think Robinson from the Jags is available. Ooh, nice grab too. I'd look at him or Teron Armstead. That's, those would be amazing pickups for you guys too. And 
very, very stellar at their position. Teron Armstead would be a huge one, a huge steal from the Saints. Absolutely. I, you're looking at two guys that you're probably going to have to wait, probably overspend on them. But if you can get one of those guys there, that will settle in the offensive line. And then you can kind of just you kind of just build from there. They just need consistency at the left tackle position. Yeah, exactly. Wide receiver, you can figure it out. I mean, well, we'll get into him later too. Yeah. I don't think we can get him, but that's another story. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it would cost much at this rate for considering it'd be like a rental player, but yes. I think you guys have the capital for it. And that's why I said, I don't know if one of our picks is. I mean, that means we're probably going to end up trading back from one of those picks to build the capital, but let's get, let's cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, moving yeah. on. Are we still going through the AFC now? Yeah. So what the Colts lost, that means that the Steelers and the Ravens had a, an opportunity to clinch and go to the playoffs. What did you think about the Steelers Ravens game? If there was any game that shouted an embodiment of itself, it was the Steelers-Ravens game. Very big defensive battle. Um, sad part is you saw the wear and tear off of Ben's arm. Uh, TJ Watt, congratulations. What? Tying that all sack, all-time sack record. You know, getting, getting a sack and then giving up a sack. Amazing. <laughs> and as we were talking about quarterbacks before and the New Orleans Saints, you look at Brett Huntley's game showing out and how that might've increased his stock despite the, um, some of the questionable, well, not the questionable, but some of the, the unfortunate events that happened, but also, you know, bad weather game, completely understandable forced fumbles, uh, forced fumbled snaps, pardon me. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that for the 2018 season to end with this game in overtime, and for Big Ben to get, you know, one last raw next week at the unfortunate sacrifice of the Colts. I, I think it'll be something interesting to watch. I just don't have any confidence in them against the Chiefs. My takeaway from this game and basically on the whole season is what the hell happened to the Ravens? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Baltimore had to overcome a lot of things from like the rip. Honestly, man, like you're right, but this team. They look like one of the best teams in football six weeks in or seven weeks in. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. The wheels just fell off on this mm-hmm. team. It wasn't sustainable. I'm cu- I'm curious to see how many vets jump ship after this season from them. Because I feel like there was a lot of guys who signed there in hopes of at least getting to the playoffs, at least getting maybe to the AFC uh, conference finals. But now going into next season, there's there's so many questions that need to be answered. Why would you want to stick around when you can go and join another top team or, or a team that's on the rise? Or like, you know. Don't forget Lamar's contract's going to hurt them. What if they ah uh, no, I'm not gonna do this now, not this episode. No, 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 no. Are no, you no. gonna go with the what yeah, if they get rid of yeah, Lamar? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and like, they keep they Tyler Huntley because I've thought about this. <laughs> I thought about this on Sunday and I was like, you know, Lamar would look great in Denver. Lamar would look good in a lot of places. The problem with Lamar is you have to find a team that can, can actually afford him. Yeah, not too many. Enter the Denver Broncos. 
The Denver Broncos exactly. could probably afford him, actually. I think the Carolina Panthers would overpay for him. Didn't even think of that one, actually. That one would be um, something to see. I yep. like that fit, though. But Carolina Blue might look good on Lamar. Yeah, but I'll say this. He's not moving anywhere. Baltimore, he's yours. Trust me. They're not They're not getting rid of him. He's their no, franchise. Harbaugh Har- Har- knows. So. Rightfully so. And then on the other, on the flip side for the Steelers, I think this is just house money for them, the way that the season went and with Ben's last game at Heinz Field and now this, like, what a way to go out. I, as I was watching this game, I just stopped and took a note of this because I, you know, thought about this over the past couple of weeks, but Baltimore in fourth down, huh? Why? And then what's the stat? Well, think about it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had them in fourth and goal against the Packers where they could have tied and yeah. they went for it. And then yeah. I saw at least twice this game where they went for a fourth down and there was no conversion. So I don't know if that's a sign of not having Lamar as an issue or the offense not knowing what to do. But yeah, Baltimore in fourth down, not, not friends right now. I think it's not, I think it's Lamar not having Lamar just because. You know, imagine you're on the defensive side. You go to line up. You know where that ball is going. It's going mm-hmm. to. It's going to. It's going to Murray. You have Lamar back there, though. Now it becomes a run play action. There's a lot of options you can run. There's RPOs. There's play action. There's um, just a simple running quarterback sneak. You don't know. I'm curious to see how they're going to adjust going into next year. Any changes they're going to have to make, but they definitely need to do something. With that said, according to this, first of all, just because of that question, um, the conversion percentage on fourth down, they converted 66.67 on 2021, actually. So not bad, just probably that percentage dropped towards the end of the season. And I mean, that makes sense without your starting quarterback, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, Huntley, good luck going Um, forward. His stock just probably went off with a few teams definitely interested. Lamar does have a history of getting banged up. Not saying missing games, just saying banged, banged up. up. Yes. Let's let's keep somebody in the that knows the offense and can actually run the offense mm-hmm. as his backup, right? Let's not just let go of him right away. Of course. Um and then finally, let's talk about the kneel down game. I thought they were supposed to just line up and kneel the ball, both teams. <laughs> for, two, for two hours. <laughs> The crazy that part is happened. that they almost, they almost kneeled at the very end, and then the Chargers took that time out. So that's where I was going with this. First of all, <laughs> Justin Herbert on fourth down is money. Every fourth down wow, opportunity, man. this guy's making it. That was a showing and a half, um, and especially a way to end regulation with throwing that ball to Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Williams, pardon me. I know Justin Herbert, and there's a lot of people that tried to drop his stock because he had a couple rough games. Like, they all of a sudden forgot what happened last year. He's the man. He's the man. I think that quarterback class might end up being one of the better ones in recent memory. I know people want to rip on the Dolphins for taking Tua, but Tua's looked solid in the last couple of weeks. Then you have... Herbert, who looks fantastic. Burrow looks awesome. That's ridiculous. It's something else, man. And astounding to see. And look, even with the exception of... Actually, no, I don't even, don't even let me do that. I just, I think that this quarterback, that quarterback class is 
uh, stupendous in a hole. Yeah. I just, the exception of Jake from, but, but but I, yeah. <laughs> come on. He was in a first rounder, so it's okay. No, no, I know. Hey, neither was Jalen Hurts. Hey. Um, but no, I think that that class was a very, very overlooked one in the past. And we're about to probably reopen our eyes to and be like, oh, so all of these kids were something. Yeah, for sure. Derek Carr, though, continues to do what I said. I've been preaching on this podcast. He is something else. I think he's coming into his own, and he's got that locker room buzzing. Getting Waller back, you could tell. Oh, yeah, it brought it back to the offense a lot. Gave him something. I don't know Waller didn't fall out or anything. I think he only had two receptions. Um, but the the energy of that offense is a lot different with Waller there. They got a good team. They got a good team. In both Vegas. on the front end and the back end, they both get uh, – they apply really, really good pressure. Um, Max Crosby's having a hell of a fucking season, to say the least. And even Casey Hayward, man. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. there's a there are big – like, considering all the adversity that the Raiders have endured and they're still enduring, um, they are quite – like, I couldn't be – you can't write that shit any better than <laughs> – in a story about, you know, our first round pick from last year is gone for life. Our, yeah. Our, our anyway, <laughs> no, but, no, but, uh, rugs, rugs was having a fantastic year before yep. that. So rugs is gone. Darren Waller goes down indefinitely. Uh, Josh Jacobs is having nine kids with eight different women. Uh, you have another corner get released for, threatening and gun violence after, by the way video, after and then another one with he, a dui <laughs> yeah the one that, with a dui who by the way had a fantastic game the week before against the colts was right. the, he made some of the plays of the freaking game and now he's gone Derek card give him his flowers to give him something this guy is this guy's something else and the cool part about all of this is that Marcus Mariota might be a quarterback next year yeah. for some team. That part too. And not for nothing, man. Like I said, it, it just sucks in situations like this because for moments like, uh, I think it's Rich Rich Beata is his name, that the interim head coach right now. It, uh, uh, yeah. It, it Bas- sucks. Basaccia. sorry. Rich Basaccia. Yeah. Think about it, man. Now they're already going to be looking at another coach with like where there's rumors of Harbaugh being interested in there. There's also been some speculation that maybe, and I think Glazer was the one who floated this around, that maybe the Raiders might actually go and trade for a coach. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're going to Black Monday a little bit after, but Doug Peterson's getting a job somewhere. Oh, absolutely. 100%. He's... He's been too friendly, friendly the whole year with everybody. He was going around different teams, different training camps. There's a reason what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's played the game before. Yeah. But, um, and won. Absolutely. And won. And so. A big one, too. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. If that's the case, can you see maybe another team taking a chance on him if he doesn't return with the Vegas Raiders. I, I could see Jacksonville entertaining a thought because you never know what Jacksonville is going to do. Maybe even the Vikings, actually, depending on who their GM is that they hire. 
those are the two that really pop off to me. If they do trade for a coach, I'm going to say his name right here, right now. Sean Payton will be a target. Yeah, but I also don't think the Saints have any plans of letting that happen with Sean Payton because Sean Payton's the only reason that that offense can. Well, yeah. If Sean, if Sean Payton wants to leave, he'll. Yeah, true. You're getting yeah. something for him. Very true. I just that that's one coach. I just I don't I I see him moving for a quarterback before. It also depends on who the quarterback is over there. But they're not going to address that before they take the head coach. So, who knows? Who knows? Who, I'm just saying, money talks, especially in Vegas, and and Vegas is a, it's a market that a lot of players want to play in, mm-hmm. and a lot of coaches, I would imagine, would want to coach in. Did Brandon Staley learn from his mistake? You don't think? So. <laughs> I think I think I think that the evidence speaks for itself. One, and two, I'm I'm tight with every coaching of the year candidate I see and not one of them has Nick Sirianni's name up there, but that's for a different day. Um, (laughs) No, Brandon Staley hasn't learned. And that's why he, yes, he, I understood the reason why he took the timeout, but in doing so you shot yourself in the foot. And that's why after looking at the stat that the the chargers have not made the playoffs since 2018, I believe. Mm, something around there yeah i got a theory though for you okay they're on the 39 right or Mm. something like that or was it the 40 i don't know i can't remember i heard that let's say they don't take that time out i had heard that the raiders were probably planning on going out for the field goal regardless because i heard 57 yeah, but then, I don't know, I, I heard some stuff afterwards. Judging by like what I saw for reaction, it sounded like the Raiders were still probably going to go for the kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it would have been a 57-yarder. And I believe Carlson has never hit from that far before. Oh. So, like, it's kind of like if he hits it, well, great, we're in. But if he misses, we've both tied. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah, still exactly. in. exactly. So it was kind of like, and like the chances of you guys bobbling the snap or something like that happens. It's very, I mean, there's a possibility, sure, but the possibility of that happening is very Very slim. Yeah. So I don't know. That's something I'd heard. So some food for thought there. If that, if that's the case, then I'm like, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So why not just take the time out? And let's, Everybody keeps tiptoeing around this. This was a divisional game. Mm-hmm. This is a rivalry. You don't want to tie in a division. You don't game. want to tie your. Okay, imagine uh, you guys are playing the Cowboys, and you guys can both tie to get in. I'm sorry. If you have a chance to eliminate the Cowboys, you're eliminating the Cowboys. Listen to me, man. I don't hate ties like I used to. Not at least for this season, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> listen, a tie got the Steelers into the playoffs. A tie got us a fantasy football championship. What am I supposed to say, man? <laughs> That's that new school analytical <laughs> bullshit. Kumbaya okay? shit. Yeah. It's all be French right. shit. Uh, needless to say, playoff matchups are set. Let's yes. get into them quickly here. Playoff matchups starting with the Saturday games. Okay, let's do it. Raiders, Bengals. Who do you like? Why do you like them? Let's go. Uh, I'm 
going to go with the Bengals. I think that offensively they have a lot of firepower that's very, very difficult to stop. Uh, that's no slight to what we've seen out of the Las Vegas Raiders as of late. I just think that that hot streak of Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is going to continue and possibly dominate that game. Casey Hayward will have a day for himself planned ahead. I think the Bengals are one of the most underrated teams going into the playoffs. Give me the Bengals on this one. I think smoke and Joe Burrow goes off. Like you said, Jamar Chase is going to be in the end zone dancing, celebrating. The jungle is going to be electrifying, by the way. They haven't seen playoff football in a long time. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be fun for them. Oh, and by the way, it's been a while since the Bengals have actually won a playoff game. That too. (laughs) That too. So this is, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Give me the Bengals in this one. I, I just think that there was such an emotional roller coaster for the Raiders that I don't. I think it's going to come crashing down on them. Yeah, it took a lot. But... Took a lot out of them probably to win that game, and especially in overtime. Not a not not an easy feat on a short week. Exactly. I expect a close game though. Don't. I'm not saying it's a blowout. No, of course. Pats are at the Bills. See, this is a very difficult game. You know, they split it one-one. I I'm going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills win the season. Well, the series matchup against the Pats two to one this season. I saw a lot of mistakes from Mac Jones, and maybe that's fatigue setting in in the longer season, the college season. So I'm going to go with the guy that's been there before and done this fight already in this round. Give me, give me the Bills. I like the Bills too. I'm very wary of this game because. Josh Allen has single-handedly been carrying the Bills the last couple of weeks. Right. They haven't looked that great. It's really been the Josh Allen show. That being said, I'll take the Bills in this one just because I like the playoff experience. I like the fact that it's in Buffalo. Yeah. I think that's going to work uh, quite to their advantage. And <sighs> Mac Jones... I think he had a hell of a season, but I think the magic is starting to wear off on him. I think teams are starting to figure him out. I always tell you for rookie coach, sorry, for rookie quarterbacks, year one is fantastic. Year two is where you prove it, right? Because now everybody has the book on you. Everybody sees you. Well, this usually happens towards the end of the first year. You start to see guys kind of slip a little bit. I think that's what's going to happen here. I, yeah. I concur. I concur. I concur with that. Bucks Eagles on the Sunday. I know where you're going with this. Do you? No, I don't. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to say this. Let's hear the bias. Come on. Oh man. I've got to ride with my team. Don't I, you know what this is. All right. So we're going to go with Philly. Uh, I, I am nerve wracking to play Tom Brady at any point in the playoffs, but you know, if there's any time I'm going to play Tom Brady, it's got to be right now when he's dealing with a battered roster. They, the Bucks seem to be issues. Yeah, off-field issues as well. A lot of distractions in the media. You know, perfect things we love to see around around future opponents right now. But I'm going to say this: if the Eagles are are to win the game, number one, and I mean this respectfully, not to be like, oh, hey, like you guys have to be aggressive on the attack, like play smart football, but. You have to be more aggressive because if you let Tom Brady 
sit back and dice you. That's what Tom Brady does, and you're going to play right into his hand. So offensively and defensively, you got to get, bring the right amount of pressure. Thankfully for the Eagles on the front line that they can generate pressure with without actually blitzing with just their front four. But the other side of it is uh, we, uh, well, the Eagles is the number one rushing team in the NFL this season are not going against an easy opponent to run against. Hopefully Miles Sanders is is better because we're going to need him. As we saw the last time the Eagles played the Bucks on that Thursday night, Miles Sanders was a big part of the reason that that score was even as close as it was. I'm taking the Bucks because Tom Brady is just Tom Brady, and I can't bet against him in the playoffs. Done. Um, I will okay. say this for you, and I'm going to give you some hope here. Underdogs tend to win these Hungry games. Dogs run faster. If you track Wild Card Weekend, there's always more than two. I think they said always more than two dogs that end up coming out with a victory, mm-hmm. and I think you guys have a better chance at coming out with a victory than a lot of other teams that are playing this coming weekend. I think you guys are going to play them tight. Honestly, I, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk and I don't think uh Tampa Bay is going to roll over you guys. The only reason why I'm going to kind of Pause. lean a little bit more towards the Buccaneers on this one besides Tom Brady is I just think that the playoff experience is something that it kind of comes, it's going to come into a bit of an effect and, I'm curious to see how Jalen handles that atmosphere. I've actually, out of all the things that can happen, I'm not afraid of Jalen in this game. Jalen hasn't really, I mean, Jalen's a big reason that we've won a lot of games, but he doesn't really throw games away. So I'm I'm not saying he's, yeah. Yeah. But to me, you don't have to throw games. Yeah. I'm not worried about him throwing a game. I'm worried about him. Like he needs to make that big play. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to be able to against the Bucks. Mind you, like you said, this is the time to get the Bucks. They are injured right now. They are battered and bruised. Who knows? Yeah, yes, they have Vita Vea and Levante Davis, but those that secondary has still got some holes. Um, maybe a big day for Devontae Smith. Hopefully. Honestly, I'd love to see you guys knock him out. <laughs> yeah, me too. But then, you know what you, the scary thought of that is, is we go to Green Bay. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers isn't perfect we're, in the we're playoffs not, either. We're not, not going to do this. We're going to talk about yeah. that when we get there. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next game because yeah. I am super confident in this one. Okay. Cowboys Niners. Give me the Niners in this game. This is a trap game. Take the Niners. Cowboys can't win at home, especially in the playoffs. Jimmy G and those boys are going to come into the star. They're going to beat them up. Kittle's going to have a big day. Debo's going to have a big day. I think the Cowboys are going to they're going to fall flat on their face. They can't. They haven't beaten anybody. That's been impressive. Give me the Niners in this one, Zach. This is finally the week that it's going to really, really happen. I've been saying this all season. How long does it take for Mike McCarthy to Mike McCarthy? This is the week when Mike McCarthy, Mike <laughs> McCarthy's uh, confidently give me the Niners. I would much rather I, have, I would have much rather have seen them play the Cardinals because Kyler Murray in that stadium is something else. But give me the Niners. Not for nothing. I still think the Cowboys' offense is going to be something. I just I don't think 
that they sustain the pressure that the Niners defense brings. I, I don't know about you, but the last couple of weeks, Niners defense has vastly improved mm-hmm. and looks a lot more dangerous. And Dak Prescott, I know he had a big game last week, but those were against guys who weren't necessarily starters. Well, like 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 I showed you, man, we had starting from our best exactly. 17 players, they had 17 players from their regular roster, and it was close with Gardner Minshew throwing to next to nobody. Exactly. Now you have to go and play a Niners team that just made the playoffs. They're, they're coming off that high. And unlike the Raiders, personally, I think the Bengals are a better, te- are a better team than the Cowboys right now. Ooh. I think people overhype the Cowboys. I, I agree with that, though. Yeah. And because of that, I think the Niners are a better team than the than the Raiders are. So worse, better. Give me the Niners all day. I'll just take them. Steelers Chiefs Sunday eight fifteen. I don't know why this is the eight fifteen game. They should have moved this earlier. The Cowboys game should have been the primetime one. Yeah, I digress. The Chiefs are going to murder the Steelers. This is going to be ugly. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as bad as people expect. No, this is going to be ugly. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I think it's going to be bad. I'll say one thing about the Chiefs. All the games that they're supposed to walk all over teams and, and put up the points, they've struggled against. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. And not for nothing, but you're you're playing Mike Tomlin. He's going to have his boys and his defense ready. I think Pittsburgh's going to want to make this a sloppy game, a very low-scoring game. I just don't see how the word lo- the words low scoring and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes equal out on this one. Well, to that point, I'm going to agree with you right there. And that's the name I'm going to talk about, Tyreek Hill. Listen, we saw what they looked like without Tyreek Hill. And it was a very, very ugly game for the Chiefs last week against the Denver Broncos. With mm-hmm. that being said... I'm not betting against that offense and Andy nope. Reid and those play callers and those weapons that they keep switching. No, no, we're not doing that. And especially, listen, not that's just the offense. We got to remember look, on the other side of the ball, both Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram are waiting to tee off on Big Ben. Absolutely. Big Ben can't throw it as far too anymore, which is actually probably a blessing in disguise because the Chiefs secondary has been awful this year. <laughs> and now you get to play against a quarterback who can't throw more than X amount. This is a perfect it, game for it you. It might be the perfect confidence-building game that they need to go into the playoffs. For sure. I won't, we talked about this, but I wanted to reiterate it. I told you the Chiefs look a little different, though, without Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. Hilaire. Do you Do you see some problems there? Because I do. I mean, I've I find never pass did, blocking. I, it's not that, there's it's that it that's about the biggest mistake because even as a runner i don't really i'm not wowed by clyde edwards hilaire respectfully but i can't knock off what he does in pass protection for for mahomes and buying him time um for sure that's going to be the interesting part especially with tj watt coming off that huge this huge season into the playoffs yeah <laughs> but Listen, if he he might have a big day too himself because once again, what is Patrick Mahomes going to do except maybe a five step drop and buy as much time as he can to get away from that defensive line? I'm going to throw this out here. I think this is going to be the battle of the tight ends. 
Fair move first. Kelsey? Most both of them might have the most receiving yards on both teams. By the way, the shout, out, shout out to Faramuth, too, who's kind of like going to be that Heath Miller staple for the next Steeler. Dude, he is your like stereotypical Steeler player. Yeah, he, he's made it's to be so there. funny. <laughs> yeah. Just needs a quarterback now. That's it. I um, mean, maybe Mason Rudolph. No, no. <laughs> Let's be honest. Maybe Marcus Mariota. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, black and yellow on him. I like that too. All right, Monday night, Rams, Cardinals. I think this is the game for the Monday night. I don't know where to go. I'm leaning Rams, but that Matthew Stafford stats are, mm, they could sway me easily. I think I'm going to go Rams on this one, but oof, this is a tough one. I'm going to go the other way. You're gonna go Cardinals? Gonna, I'm going to go Cardinals. I know I've been on the Rams. I've been picking the Rams out of the Cardinals all season. I also, as we mentioned earlier, we know how difficult it is to win that third game. I think that that becomes the factor. I think the Cardinals pull the upset. I think um, Cliff Kingsbury gets to laugh a little, pardon me, at Sean McVay by the end of this. I have to go with the Rams on this one. I just, I think that the Cardinals defense lacks the top end talent to keep up with the Rams offense. And then you, on the flip side, I find the Rams defense just a bit better. Rams defense is just serviceable and they'll, they'll keep the Cardinals offense intact. If the Cardinals win, this has to be Kyler Murray's coming out party. This right. has to be the game. Like it's gotta be the game that he just shows out. Um, it, throws it's for so 300 tough because plus. for, for every big name you want to name on the, the Cardinals offense that's still there, not minus DeAndre Hopkins. That Rams defense is something special on a, name, on a, on a recognition right. level too. So maybe this is the weekend where Vaughn and uh, Donald really get to tee off on the defense on an offense. Sorry, pardon me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how this is going to go. This is going to be a, a fun one. That's the Monday night game, right? That's a Monday nighter. Beautiful. What a great um, weekend that's going to be. Gee, this is going to be crazy. Nobody texts me. Zach, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to be by my phone between the hours of one and five o'clock. Like, that's not going to happen. And that's, and that's fine. I'll be <laughs> cheering from the sideline. I'm cheering for the Eagles this week. Oh, I'm aware. I'm I, I know. I'm, There's a lot I'm of not, Eagles fans in my DMs right now, actually. That I never thought they would be there. Listen, I'm taking the Bucks. Because you asked me for my opinion on who I think is going to win, but who am I cheering for? The yeah, Eagles, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no chance am I going against them on this one. Um, of course, you want to see Sirianni get that first one, huh? <laughs> I thought he got an unfair shake the first bit, and it's kind of nice to see him get some redemption. Roots, man, just, just goes to what I said. You know, not all coaches have to be motivational speakers mm-hmm. to the media. Absolutely, you just got to. Just got to connect with your team in the locker room. Black Monday. <laughs> Came and went. Boy, what a what a fucking fiasco that was. Should we have a moment of silence? That's about it. <laughs> for, for Antonio Brown? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that after. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's go through them quickly here. Minnesota got rid of Zimmer. And Spellman. Right. Thoughts on that one? 
it was a bad time. I think so too. Zimmer's up and down. He has one year where he uh, has a winning record. The following year, he loses back to the winning record, back to the losing record. They need a shake. They need a new voice. I agree with that 100%. Potential candidate that you think could fit there? I'm going to go with one of two. I'll go with Nathaniel Hackett. Nice. Good pick. Okay. Or maybe Dayball. I think I they like go in a too. different I think they go in a different direction with whatever they do. I think they actually do go all offensive minded head coach for this. I'm gonna go with Doug Peterson. Oh wow. Dougie P on the revenge tour. I think he'd be a good fit in many. I think they have a really good role. I think it's, it's a it's a roster that people sleep on. They had a lot of injuries yeah. last year, mm-hmm. but they played they had some close games. They have some parts. Their quarterback's coming back. They have a an elite running back an elite uh, duo for wide receiver. They're not in bad shape. They just need a little bit more guidance. I think Doug Peterson would fit in perfect there. And and a reliable number three receiver, just to go into that a little bit deeper with you on that core. No, I concur concur with you. But then we're going to go into your theory as well. And I'll say this, that you're right at this point, that that might be it for Kirk Cousins. True. That's that's true too. I've also heard that Lane Kiffin might be... A person of interest for the Minnesota Holy uh, Vikings. Yeah, I don't see him moving from Ole Miss, but money talks. Money All talks. Right. Next, Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy, gone. Ryan Pace, the GM, gone. Where do you think the Bears go? I saw this and I loved it for them at the beginning. Uh, so let's do it like this. Let's go with Brian Flores. Amazing. I, I agree with you 100%. I think I'll take, yep. Him with Khalil Mack, I, I think that defense changes into a whole different thing. So, yeah, Brian, Brian Flores. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Brian Flores would be a perfect candidate for that. I think him um, having Justin Fields as a quarterback is a great step and a good building block. I know a lot of people are going to come out and say that. While maybe was Flores the best coach for Tua and for a young coach, uh, sorry, for a young quarterback, I don't know. Uh, I guess time will tell on that one. But in terms of building blocks, that's a pretty good defense to inherit. I'll say that. Second name I'll throw out there, Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn too. But I, I just, I question if Dan Quinn wants to jump back into the saddle right away. Well, I mean, he's he's had his little downtime with Dallas there, so. True. But if Dan Quinn plays his plays his coach, right, he might be the head coach soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just has to wait on um, uh, Unfortunately for the Chicago Bears, they have no first round pick this year because they moved up to get Justin Fields. Correct. Kind of a shitty roster construction that needs to be done there. So I'm kind of curious where, like, which way they go. Are they going to go more defensive heavy and try to get the old Bears back together, where it's going to be. Defense dominates and then just have a sustainable offense. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, next, we have Denver. Ooh, Denver's a really interesting one. And I, in my opinion, it's probably the most enticing spot from a perspective of, of roster construction, um, cap space, and even draft like. Draft, draft collateral for them. I, I, I think it's a really, really enticing place for them to 
to be. And with that, I'm going to take away Dak Prescott's best friend and say Kellen Moore. Nice. That's a good pick. I like Kellen there. I think it would be something special in that. And and especially because we see how he can operate and run with an offense that, you know, that entire division in itself is something special. So I'm going to play visionary on this one. Ooh. Okay. Zach, hit me with it. I think that the Denver Broncos are going to be very active in getting a certain quarterback. So why not bring his offensive coordinator over to you to you're start? Gonna, you're gonna go I got Nathaniel Hackett. I like that too. That would be a one way to kick it, kick it off, right? In Denver, you get Aaron Rodgers would love that. Touch, and then you get yeah, then you get the big boy to come over too. I think it's a great fit. They need a. They had a defensive coach, both an offensive coach now. Get something a little different. Only downside of this, if you can't convince Aaron to come, or you can't get him, simply just he doesn't want to come, or you don't have the assets. I'm curious too if they'd maybe make a call about Jordan Love. See, that would be really interesting too, because that's a. I mean, I want to say it's good, but after what we saw on Sunday, I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I'm very hesitant to rate his success on just that one game against the Lions where right. were they really coached him that hard going into the Fair league? Enough. I don't know. I'm not sure. I just felt like if I felt like it was kind of like a hey, just go out there and just chuck it, kid. You know? Do what you gotta do, uh, do, you gotta do out there. <laughs> exactly. Okay, who else we got here? Let's go Miami. Okay. So I'm glad we went here. I'm gonna take a an offensive coordinator out of the NFC West, Eric Bieniemy. Nice. Line him up right with Tua. Nice. Bieniemy would be a pretty smart pick here. Um, I'm going to go with Kellen Moore on this one. Nice. I like that too, though. I feel like they're going to have to go young, a young offensive-minded. Someone who gets the coach. culture a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still hesitant, over. though. I'm still hesitant, though. Like Miami, they they could surprise us, man. They could throw us a curveball that we just don't expect. Doug Peterson could be, yeah, or maybe even like. But that's older too, and like, would you would it really actually, surprise you if I, I'm sorry, Miami? You know what? You know what? I got the one from Miami. I think they go back into the Patriots dipping well, and they take Jerron Mayo. That could work too. That's a guy who knows the system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a, yeah, that'd be a, actually that'd be, that'd make a lot of sense. I just can't believe you got rid of Flores. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm flabbergasted by that whole. Mayo would be a sick pick. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody else that I'm. No, there's a few. few, uh, Hold on. Because if I'm going through the names of people that I've seen up for the interviews, up to late, you have there's Bienemy. There's actually I know exactly where I'm gonna go. Oh, side note, Joe Schoen, the Bills assistant GM, is gonna interview for the New York Giants GM position tomorrow. Vance Joseph has actually been requested to be interviewed by the Miami Dolphins. Nice. Brian Dayball's been requested to be interviewed. Brian Leftwich has been requested to be interviewed. Uh, Dan Quinn for the Bears has been asked. Let's go to the Giants now. Okay. 
Oh, man. I got two names. I'm going to go with one, though. I think Jim Caldwell would be the perfect candidate for oh, the Giants. Nice. That's a great sneak in. I, I didn't even think of that one, actually. That's a great sneak in if he chooses to. I think, I think he would be a perfect fit, fit there. I think he could really gather this whole team, get them under wraps, and build a proper team and put them into the right direction. I don't know if Jim Caldwell is the coach, and I've had Jim Caldwell as a coach, so I definitely could speak of it uh, for experience. I don't know if he's the guy that could uh, elevate you and be a consistent winner with him, but I think he is definitely a guy that you could build a structure and a proper organization with. Like that, that guy... He might win four games one year, and then the next year he'll win six or seven, and then the following year he'll be in the playoffs. Like he is a guy that players like like him. They want to play for him. He's a building block coach, and he's kind of what the Giants need right now. So, I am going to go with an offensive minded coach for this. I'm going to go with the offensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers and Mike McDaniel. And that is my pick for the Giants. I think that they need a breath of fresh air in that offensive system because clearly Joe Judge and for whatever little bit he was there, Jason Garrett didn't get it done. Jacksonville and and Vegas, any other names that you have that you think could fit? I mean, Harbaugh to Vegas has been one for um, a lot of us has heard already. I... The enemy would just, be another one that I'd like to see there personally. Yeah. I think he could come up with some wicked play concepts for Derek Carr in that West Coast offense. And really Dayball. Like that's that's the trio, really. I think Vegas should just keep their coach. Honestly. Yeah, I think they should go with Rich actually too. I wouldn't be mad at that I, either because he's proven I think that anything that just, he's capable. Just run yeah, just run with Rich. Go with it. And then for Jacksonville, I mean for me, go Bill O'Brien, but don't go, Billy. Uh, for Jacksonville. Billy, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who is going to take that job in Jacksonville, but good fucking luck to any of them. Who wants to work under Sean Conn like that? Man, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a young coach that's going to be – I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe Leftwich. Yeah, Leftwich. Leftwich would make sense. Young coach, just you know, looking for the next career choice, and jumps jumps ship over there, tries it out, and if he does well, well, that's good. And if he doesn't, well, so be it. He can get an offensive coordinator position somewhere else after. Fair enough. My actually, my last question is: How long do you think it is before we start entertaining names like Todd Bowles again into the defensive coordinator head coach position? I actually almost went with him before I went with Jim Caldwell. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah. All right. There yeah. we go. Yeah. 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 And I also think like, I think Vic Vangio might get a sniff too. At a, I think so too. Job too. I think so too. But we'll see. Oh, uh, we'll see what the, happens. The other name that I've heard, sorry, that is somewhere around yep. the carousel uh, because I saw Denver had requested an interview with him. Um, Jonathan Gannon. That's true too. Yeah. The trend is young coaches now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. Just don't set him up for failure. Right. Well, listen, Denver for Gannon would make sense because what he would do on the defensive side of the ball, that that I would say. 
not only that too, like Denver has a history of sticking with their coaches, right? They don't right. have a history really of turn of the turnover. Right. It's like it's like Chicago. Like, listen, I know people brag on Chicago, but Tressman, Fox, Nagy, they all stuck, they all stuck around for a while. Like mm-hmm. you have a losing season, you can come back. It's 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 nothing that's going to be snap fingers, you're gone. So we'll see what happens there. I'm also curious. The, the other name that I'm interested in, and it's not for a head coaching position, but it's for an offensive coordinator position is Joe Brady. I think Joe Brady's going to latch on somewhere. Maybe he ends up in Denver as a coordinator. Potentially. I've also thought that if maybe if the Bengals do lose somebody mm-hmm. to a team, just maybe Joe Brady goes and joins up with Smoke and Joe and the boys. That'd be crazy there. to have him in and Jamar again. That's why, right? Let's be honest. The familiarity there would be amazing, right? Yes. Like they, these two guys, the chemistry would be great. They they both know what they have to get out of each other, and I, I think it would work. I just think that personally, I just think that Joe Brady, he needs an old, maybe not an older coach, but a coach with a little bit more experience than what Matt Rule right. had to offer. Maybe Zach right. Taylor isn't that coach, but – who knows, right? Only time will tell, buddy. Only time, time will tell. tell. Speaking of time will tell, catch or fade time. Catch or fade, Calvin Ridley won't be a Falcon next season. Catch. I think that the financial impact that he may bring in, plus the unknowingness of where he is mentally and the rumors of the fresh start might actually have to stem from somewhere. So I'm going to go with catch, and I think we'll see him somewhere somewhere else next season. I will say catch as well, and I will say, and I'm going to go out and say it right now, I think the Eagles make a play for Calvin Ridley. The Eagles. I'd, I'd love to see him, Jalen, and, and Devontae <laughs> out there like that, and Landon, actually, to be if I'm being real. Yeah. I just think it's a perfect mix. Jeff, would, Jeff is going to be so mad when he hears this episode. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. No, I do. I do. I actually think, I think Calvin Ridley to the Eagles makes a ton of sense. This isn't, I don't have the Alshon Jeffrey feeling like I had with you when you and I were discussing about where he would go that season, but there is a good chance and it does make sense. And we'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. I, I would like, I would love that though. Uh, another team to, to keep an eye on is new England. Yeah. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Next. Yes. <laughs> Catcher fade. Does AB play one more season in the NFL? This is a really tough one. I think fade. I think it's me a fade. I, I want it to be a catch because if anything, we don't like, we've seen him still be productive at a high level. It's just the off field chip, which is fucking him up. So AB, no hate from us. So AB, you ran off the field. That was it. I'm not even mad at them running off the field. I'm. I'm. It's just the post interviews and the things that, not the interviews so much. It was more so burning bridges. More so it was more. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that part. The problem is, and you know as well as I do, that this league is a boys' club. Hundred percent. And and I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about your owners, and the GMs, and the coaches. Everyone talks. I don't see another. I don't see another coach giving him a chance. Honestly, I don't. I if you if it can't work with you with Brady, I don't know where else it can work. Yeah, where else? There's none. There's none. 
Yeah. And you know what? Kudos to Mike Tallman for putting up all those years with that guy. I, I'm sorry, but he, he's a prima donna. It's, it's, he is. it's just, he it is. It is. And you know what the funny part is? Somebody, I got really upset too, because somebody tried to tried to tell me that, oh, he's like another Terrell Owens. I've never no, seen Terrell no, Owens do that. No, no, no. Never. See, I hate that too. If you're going to dra- if you're going to talk about somebody in a negative light, stay on them by themselves. Like, why are we bringing other people? Dude, I had somebody drag Antonio Brown, bring in Odell. And I was like, why are we talking about Odell? Odell's done nothing this season, but have a productive rest of the season with the Rams. And then tried to drag Kevin Durant and tried to tell me Kevin Durant didn't win with the Warriors. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> ah, boy. I hope he listens to our podcast. By the way, this, this wasn't a troll. This is like somebody I work with face to face. That's a, that's a dumb take. Anyway, I, I'm just saying T.O. came to work. Mm-hmm. He shut up. He played. Yeah, he had his little moments, but I'll say that about T.O. He still kept it pretty professional. Mm-hmm. I went home to work out because I was told to go home. Exactly. A.B., that's a different story. I Honestly, I lost a lot of respect for the guy. I'm not saying it's C.T. I won't go that far. I won't go that there, far. No, but there is something. There's something up. It, I, like a lot of people have said, he has been different since Devontae's birth sit hit. But I've heard also that some people came out and said, no, he was always like this. Even so before the hit. It was just, it was just in-house. Yeah. That, and that, again, like if that's the case, like kudos to that organization for being able to deal with that because he popped off two weeks after love bell. It's kind of sad though, to see the downfall. Like oh, this. Of course. I mean, I want nothing but the best for AD. I hope he, like I hope he gets another chance to, to to be great at what he it is he does. But if it's not, I love the, I like I love him as a player. I thought yeah. he was an electrifying player. He was fantastic to watch. But you know, sometimes the the shtick it gets old, and mm-hmm. and unfortunately, like you're a thirty what 33, 34 year old man now. Yeah, like about now, that now, it's time just to stop blaming others and start taking some ownership and. What's going on with your career? I'd love to see him play again. No. So so would I. I right wouldn't now, be mad at him signing like a 10-day and coming to the Eagles for the for the Bucks game. But like who realistically, which team would want to take a, a chance on him? Oh god, it's it's funny because you would automatically say the Raiders, but yeah, I know I want to say the Raiders because dysfunction just feeds dysfunction, but the Saints. Like it feels that they have such a tight knit group. Like I don't know if that, but that think, really do you works. Think this would have really have happened if he landed in Seattle. No. So there we go. You okay? But I don't know if Pete. But that's my next question. I don't know no. if Pete Carroll's going to be back next year. I know now. No, but that's that's the answer right now. As it stands, it has to be. What if Pete flips and goes to the Giants? Like nobody wants to talk about this, but what if I don't Pete's think Pete's like, going to the Giants. <laughs> I'm out, and I'm going I, to New York. I don't think Pete is tra- trading in Russ for Daniel Jones. Who said he was trading in for the for Russ? Oh, you think he's said, bring, bring, you think he's going to bring him with him? Sierra wants New know. York. No, I don't know. Uh, last catcher fade though is will the yay a b collab be fire? You heard Pitt not the palace, right? No. 
Oh wait, oh. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I did hear it. Yes. So if that's yes. Funny on all the yes. stories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. If so, if Pit not the palace is just him and Rick Ross. Yes, I can't wait to hear A, B, and Y together. Catch. I mean, catch. <laughs> I can't wait to see who he drags on this album. Just, oh, it's, just it's gonna be the greatest. The it's gonna be the greatest album ever. Yeah. Of 2022, yeah. <laughs> it has my money, <laughs> Zach. When the pre-order comes out, <laughs> I'm buying my copy and yours. <laughs> Can we go somewhere to get that signed? I don't know. Oh, I'm just fuck. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get Bob Manier to uh, put us in touch with AB for that. Uh, anything else you want to discuss or bring up before we before we take this one? Uh, take care. Rest in peace to the people that we've lost over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we just lost Bob Saget. Rest in peace to Betty. Bob Saget, Betty White, uh, Sidney Poirier. Yeah, very underrated actor, by the way. Yeah, it's it's not discussed enough yeah. of his impact, but we I wanted to take the take a minute to make sure that he got his recognition. Oh, and of course, John Madden, bro. This is a rough start and ending of like 2021 into 2022. Yeah, man. Got to think about all the fun moments that we. We had to, we got to experience with those guys in our lives. I mean, um, John Madden calling games, right? Too, ma- too many. John and Pat have just, some more calling a game together, like right now, man. Absolutely. Not only that, too, then you have to add in the fact that, like, we grew up playing those video games, man. Mm-hmm. John, Madden, that, John Madden tried to make sure that 13 year old boys never acted like Mike McCarthy in a football situation. <laughs> <laughs> In a sense, he's one of the reasons why I became a football fan, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. As big of a fan. Sure, games are played on, on Sunday, but throughout the week, you're playing Madden, right? Yep. And Throw in that offseason, too, man, it's just just heated up even more. <laughs> Need those roster updates. You got to yeah. buy the next, yeah, next of year's course. game, too, commit. right? So. Commit, commit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rest in peace to those, but those special, special individuals, though. Definitely rest in paradise for those guys. Anything else, too, you want to touch upon before we kick this one to the curb? Nope, just go Eagles, fly birds, fuck the bucks up. <laughs> You're never going to let the Eagles down now. Eh? I'm, I'm playing. Listen, I told you, for the, the rest of the week, Dreams and Nightmares is the day that the song that I'm starting my day with. Fly birds. Let's go. This is Two Point Culture, and we are out. Peace.